The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The opinions expressed here reflect the judgment of the host and are subject to change. The material has been prepared and can be distributed for information purposes and is not a solicitation or an offer to buy any security or instrument or to participate in any trading strategy. Additional information is available upon request. Please contact Jason Steele at info at westonbanks.com. Welcome to Media and Your Money with host Jason Steele. Our program will help you make the most of your investment plans, whether it's for your future, your child's future, or short and long-term financial planning. Now, here is your host, Jason Steele. Good morning, Carolina. Wake up. San Francisco, Sacramento, Los Angeles, and all you folks out in the uh, West Coast. Today is a beautiful, uh, not hot, 17th of July. It's 9 o'clock. And I am your host, Jason Steele, with Media and Your Money, where we try to break down the walls of traditional money management and enlighten you on what is called the common denominator that we have uh, realized that happens with managing money. You see, Media and Your Money focuses on the fact that if you listen to the radio, you listen to CNBC, you listen to uh, 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 your iPhone, your iPads, you listen to Voice America that the technology advancements have been so fast and swift that the markets move today on, uh, on the information age and less on fundamentals. Don't get me wrong. I believe there's lots of fundamentals in stocks, but I think if you don't have a, uh, people buying stocks and buying bonds and buying commodities, uh, then the stock market doesn't go anywhere. And what the media does is it reports on the efficiencies and inefficiencies of those sectors, and it allows us, the listeners, to be able to make some sound judgment about putting money in those. And if we get good information over the radio waves, as well as the TV and our, and, and our emails, uh, then we're able to uh, join the masses as we flock into stocks. I was thinking about that. You know, yesterday we hit another high again. It looks like we're climbing Mount Everest here. We've easily broken through 17,000 on the Dow. And this morning is a little bit different. We're looking maybe a lower open. Uh, after you have these big moves in the, in the market, you do see some pullbacks. Um, the Dow is about 0.3% below fair value. Looks like the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ are down about a half a percent uh, in early action in their futures. Uh, the major averages are poised to take a breather after the Dow closed at a new all-time high for the 15th time this year. Investors are focused on a batch of economic data. Housing starts unexpectedly dropped by 9.3% in June to a nine-month low. That means people weren't building as much as they used to. Meanwhile, building permits fell 4.2% last month, which was below expectations for a gain of 3%. On the jobs front, applications for unemployment benefits surprisingly declined by 3,000 last week to 302,000. In addition, the Philadelphia's Fed Business Outlook survey is due out about 10 o'clock this morning. We might, uh, Eastern time, and hopefully somebody will report to you later that day about that. And it's expected to decline in July after reaching the best level since September of 2013. Earnings results are also in the spotlight. Morgan Stanley is up 1.4% in pre-market trading after the bank's quarterly profit more than doubled. 
just think about that. Morgan Stanley, a, a money manager, uh, a, a big, large brokerage firm. Uh, they research, they gain, they get a workforce. They've got a lot of money coming their way. And A, they do lending. B, they, they manage money. You've got a big profit going up. So think about Morgan Stanley is probably the biggest company out there with annual fees. So with a 28% return last year in the, uh, in the, in the, in the U.S. markets, with already being up an average of 55 to 6%, 8% on the S&P 500 this year, they're meeting better uh, numbers year and year over because their profits are going up because of the fees they, they have in their, their programs. Uh, they also uh, are one of the leaders for uh, bringing companies public on the IPO section. eBay also reported a better than expected profit tally thanks to its PayPal division and its shares are rising almost a percent in early action. And now on the downside, SanDisk has fallen about 7.7 before the opening bell after that company delivered a disappointing current quarter revenue forecast and shares of Mattel are down 8.8% at the toy maker's sales dropped by 9%. On the fixed income front, treasuries are advancing. The 10-year note is up 632 to yield 2.5%. Now, since we started meeting your money uh, about 10 weeks ago, we've been reporting on the 10-year note, and it's been between 248 and 260. So if you're thinking about buying a home, think about uh, uh, refinancing your home or, you're, or buying a car or taking a, lo- a business loan, you still are in a very, very, very low rate interest environment because a 30-year bond is at 3.31% right now. Let's move on. Today's show is going to be sunsetting your business and investment property with a 1031 Delaware Statutory Trust Exchange. We're doing today's show because there's been a lot of uh, talk out there, and, and I've, I work with a lot of clients that own real estate, and they are trying to find a way to get rid of the management. Uh, we did an early segment this year uh, with Whitney Brennan, who is a qualified intermediary out of Charlotte, North Carolina, on what is a 1031 exchange. And we'll kind of go over that again today, but uh, if you're not ready to sunset or unwind your worn-down business property, this show is not for you. But this basically is going to be a show that talks about uh, wrestling with upkeep and maintenance of, uh, of your location. If you have property there, if you're looking for a real estate investment exchange where you don't want to manage, you don't want to pay tax, you don't want to take loans, then we're going to show you how you can benefit from exchanging investment properties. Our approach is designed to educate you, connect you with successful opportunities, and hopefully help you reach your financial goals. And we have another site called Weston Banks 1031. For the last few weeks, you've been hearing me talk about the IRA Enhancer, which you can find at westonbanks.com. And our IRA Enhancer is the, the common denominator that's out there uh, in the market. We put in IRAs and move around. And our Enhancer through the end of June is up 6.9%. Um, our, our, our goal is to go to cash uh, in times of volatility and keep you in the best place to go. But this site is Weston Banks 1031. And it offers a model for deferring these taxes and strategically finding the perfect replacement property. So let's kind of start the show um, and go through the discussion of IRS Section 1031 real estate exchanges. It's also investing in private placements. And that's kind of the option we're going to talk about. It's important to be aware of kind of the disclaimers or risk factors when talking about real estate. Um, the risk factors basically is neither an offer to sell in this, in this show the programs that we talk about, the businesses we talk about, uh, it's more for solicitation uh, of advice. Um, and we, 
we use a couple of programs out there uh, that are broker dealer friendly. One is called Inland, and one is called Noble. Noble does oil and gas partnerships. Inland does everything from uh, Whole Foods to uh, Cracker Barrels to Dick Sporting Goods, apartment complexes, supermarkets. Uh, uh, to a chain of, of CVS pharmacies, you name it, they, they have it out there. Um, and we do it all in what's called a private placement memorandum. And it can only be sold by broker-dealers authorized to do so. So any representation that you might hear in the show that is not uh, uh, talking about a FINRA-approved broker-dealer private placement is, is, is basically unlawful. Um, and what we'll talk about is a brief and general description of the 1031 guidelines. Uh, if you're an investor and listening for, with, with investment property, we also ask that you consult with your own tax advisors regarding the investment in these type of interests. Um, there are other risk factors that are out there, uh, such as the uh, Securities Act of 1933 uh, exempts um, those folks that do private placements and specific disclosures. Um, there's no guarantee that investment objectives of any particular program that we talk about or you may get within the or, or or noble will be achieved, um, but I think you'll be happy when you look at the disclosures and the and the, and the history that they're going through. Um, investments in real estate do have risks, so let's go back through. What is a 1031 exchange? A Section 1031 exchange of the Internal Revenue Code provides an alternative strategy for deferring the capital gains tax that may arise from your business investment property sale. Now, by exchanging the property for like-kind real estate, property owners may defer their federal taxes and use all of the proceeds for the purchase of replacement property. Now, whether any particular transaction will qualify under Section 1031 depends on the specific facts involved, including without limitation, the nature and the use of the relinquished property and the method of its disposition. And the use of a qualified intermediary, which we hear is called the QI, um, is who we talk with Whitney Brennan back earlier in the year. It's discussed in more detail on, on some, uh, in, a, in a few minutes as we, as we, as we move into the show. Um, what are some examples of like-kind real estate? It's important to remember that you cannot do a 1031 exchange with your primary residence. In fact, there are better uh, laws out there that give you more tax advantages when you sell your primary residence as a personal owner or a, a joint owner. A lot of that money you can keep tax-free anyway. Um, but you can uh, you cannot do a 1031 exchange to primary residence. You can do with a vacant land, commercial rental property, commercial property, industrial property, 30-year or more leasehold interest. Uh, how about farm property, residential rental property, doctor's own pro- office, tenant in common interests in investment property, beneficial interest in a DST. Both the relinquished and the replacement properties must have been held for investment purposes or for productive use in trade or business. Now, tenant in common, what we call TICS ownership, is ownership of commercial real estate that has been split into fractional shares, and each owner owns an undivided fee interest in the property equal to its proportionate share of the real estate. Now, what we will discuss the DST, or the Delaware Statutory Trust, a little later in the show. But sometimes referred to as a safe harbor rule, these are some of the key guidelines to remember when you're com- com- completing an exchange. One, the seller cannot receive or control the net sale proceeds. The proceeds must be deposited with a qualified intermediary. Again, another attorney, a, dis- a, disproportionate, par- a disproportionate party. Replacement 
property must be like kind to the relinquished property, which means it has to be uh, investment uh, interest to investment interest or business to business. The replacement property must be identified within 45 days from the sale of the original property. The replacement property must be acquired within 180 days from the sale of the original property. The cash invested in the replacement property must be equal to or greater than the cash received from the sale of the relinquished property. The debt replaced or assumed on the replacement property must also be equal or greater than the debt received from the relinquished property. So let's talk about a summary of some of the key guidelines um, right there, the, uh, 1031. It's kind of an exhaustive list as we went through, but the costs that are associated with the 1031 exchange may impact um, our listeners' returns and, or an investors' returns and may outweigh the tax benefits of the transaction. Um, each prospective investor must consult with his or her tax advisor regarding the qualification of a particular transaction under Section 1031. So if you're listening, we still want you to talk to your uh, prospective investor and your tax advisor. The qualified intermediary, the QI, is a company that is in full-time business of facilitating Section 1031 tax-deferred exchanges. The role of the QI is defined in the Treasury regulations, and the QI, they enter into a written agreement with a taxpayer where QI transfers the relinquished property to the buyer, and then transfers the replacement property to the taxpayer pursuant to the exchange agreement. Now, the QI holds the proceeds from the sale of the relinquished property in a trust or escrow account in order to ensure the taxpayer never has equal or actual constructive receipt of the sale proceeds. Now, the, the identification and replacement timelines should also be monitored by the QI and the identification is done through a, a QI, a qualified intermediary. Um, now, the taxpayer nor the disqualified person may serve as a qualified intermediary. A disqualified person is someone who is the agent of the exchanger at the time of the exchange. A person who has acted as the taxpayer's employee, the attorney, the accountant, or the investment banker or broker, or even the real estate agent or broker within the two-year period preceding the day of the transfer of the first relinquished property is treated as an agent of the exchanger and therefore is a disqualified person. If an attorney has provided some tax or legal advice to the exchanger within the prescribed two-year period, that attorney is a disqualified person. The exchanger should, however, consider retaining an attorney to provide assistance with completing a closing documents and other aspects of the exchange. Now, Early in the, sh- in, the, in, in the year, we've talked to Whitney Brennan. You can listen to one of our other shows, uh, What is a 1031 Exchange? Um, Whitney Brennan is a wonderful uh, qualified intermediary that works for IPX, uh, Investment Property Exchange Corporation. And you can go back to that show and listen to some things she has and find her information as well. Um, now, while we can't cover all aspects of 1031 today in our live time on the show, there are a few other things I'd like you to know. So you can feel free to call me. Or email me at jason.steel at westonbanks.com or info at westonbanks.com. The number is 919-783-8500. But let's talk about a few things uh, in greater detail. Vacation and second homes may qualify for exchange if certain conditions are met. Investors may take some cash proceeds from the sale before the funds are sent to the qualified intermediary and the investor will pay tax on the cash out, but not the proceeds that were reinvested. 
this is something that definitely should be discussed with the investor's tax professional because the calculation of taxes owed can be very, very complex. Upon the death of the owner of the property under current tax laws, the heirs would get a step up in basis, potentially avoiding all capital gains taxes on the original and subsequent properties. And this may be an estate planning strategy that is of interest for any investor because uh, the offerings that we're going to talk about and that we do here at Weston Banks and Weston Banks 1031 may also be appropriate for replacement properties in a 1033 exchange, which uses proceeds derived from an imminent domain condemnation or an insurance settlement as a result of any kind of catastrophe, meaning earthquake, hurricane. Um, a 1033 exchange allows for that. So, And, and that's what's good. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about how the structure in a private placement is used. And we use it in what is a Delaware Statutory Trust, which is why we use the words DST. So come back and stay with us. Be back in a minute. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Media and Your Money with Jason Steele. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to jason.steele at westonbanks.com. That's jason.steele at westonbanks.com. Now, back to media and your money. Welcome back. Um, If you're just joining us, we actually are talking about sunsetting your worn-out investment or business property. Um, We have been dealing for quite a a few, few months now, a lot of folks between 68 and 75 that uh, are just tired of managing their property. They've built their net worth up. They've done a great job in managing money, putting people to work, having a management team, 
having apartment complexes. Uh, even today, I'm meeting a guy who has 19 Denny's franchises um, who is ready to get out of the business and sell his investment property as well as his business. And so we started talking about 1031 exchanges and what in normal 1031 exchanges we just kind of went over with is basically selling one property and buying another property. So the, the, the law is you could always 1031 your business or your uh, land or your uh, 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 investment property and buy another building without paying taxes as long as you buy equal or greater size. But we're going to talk about what's called the Delaware Statutory Trust, which I feel like is a, in no man's land. Uh, the broker dealer world uh, uh, is trying to do these private placements and is really having a, a very diff- difficult time of marketing it because you've got the commercial agents out there doing 1031 exchanges that don't have licenses to sell what we sell, and we don't have real, real estate licenses to, uh, to, to do the, uh, uh, the 1031 exchanges on uh, property to property, not private property to private placement. So we're going to go through a Delaware statutory trust and understanding what that is. It's often used in multiple owner securitized programs. Benefits of the DST structure exist for both the exchanger and if a property is financed, the lender. Now, among the benefits are the following. The lender makes only one loan to one borrower, and the trust agreement is written to prevent creditors of the exchange from reaching the Delaware Statutory Trust's property, therefore making it bankruptcy remote. So I'll repeat that. The DST uh, is written to prevent creditors of the exchanger from reaching uh, the DST's property, therefore making it bankruptcy remote. The DST shields the exchanger uh, from any liabilities with respect to the property, and these exchangers have no operational control over the management of the DST or its property. Because exchangers have no operational control over the DST, the lender has no need to perform any due diligence on individual exchangers. Now, because these exchangers have no operational control over the DST, these exchangers also should also not be required to sign any indemnifications or guarantees. So if you're out there listening, what it is is, is, is you're able to, to transfer your money into an investment. Yes, you lose control. Less, yes, you lose, uh, uh, but you protect yourselves from creditors. You don't have any more management. You don't pay the tax. Um, you, you don't have to go get a loan. Um, it is wonderful. So if you're, if you're actually trying to get a loan for another bills, business, but this loan you're building has taken part of your credit and you don't need that business anymore or that building anymore, you can 1031 somewhere else and still get income, obviously, um, and, then, and then get your loan somewhere else um, for a part of your business. But uh, the DST is a wonderful program for sunsetting all this. Um, let's keep going some more. So although the DST has as many attractive features, care must be taken to follow the prohibitions on the power of the trustee as described in what's called the IRS ruling 2004-86. No capital contributions may be made by new or existing beneficiaries after the offering is fully subscribed. So these DSTs cannot renegotiate its existing mortgage debt or enter into new or replacement mortgage debt unless a property tenant is bankrupt or insolvent. The DST cannot renegotiate its existing lease or enter into new leases or lease extensions unless a property tenant is bankrupt or insolvent. The trustee also cannot reinvest proceeds of the sale of its real estate. And the capital expenditures may also uh, only be made for normal repair 
and maintenance or improvements required by law. So any cash held between distributions may only be invested in a short-term debt obligation. Now, all cash other than reserves must be distributed on a current basis. Now, what's the reason to consider a 1031 exchange? Let's just kind of go through an example. I'm going to call uh, this guy, uh, 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 we'll name him Louie, Louie the Loser. Um, he basically owns a commercial property with no subsequent 1031 exchange. Uh, Louie will pay capital gains on the gain he received from the sale. Um, as you know, the capital gains rate increased uh, effective January 1st of last year, 2013, from 15% to 20%. And please note that there will be also uh, an additional tax that's referred to as recapture of the depreciation which was taken on the property. So each investor's recapture amount will be different, and all these calculations should be performed by your financial advisor or your CPA. But let's go through an example. And this example uh, does not show or will reflect a 3.8% Medicare tax on unearned income, which also went into effect for some investors on January 1st, 2013. Um, so you've got the sales proceeds of a million dollars, and uh, Louis paid $100,000 as his original cost. The capital gain was $900,000 when he finally sold his property. The Fed tax on that gain was 20% or 180 grand. The state tax on that gain for where he lives was, you know, 5.1% in the state that he lived in, which would be $45,900. So again, no 3.8% Medicare tax, but that would come out as well. But the funds that would be available for reinvestment will be $774,100. Louis lost uh, nearly $230,000. Um, by not doing a 1031 exchange. Um, but let's just take a look at uh, example. If we just keep going through, if Louis had actually uh, taken that million dollars, even with that $100,000 original cost, that $900,000 capital gain could have been rolled into a 1031 exchange, which means he just still had an even million going somewhere else. So no exchange. Um, he, he nets seven hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars available to, to reinvest and get income of five or six percent somewhere. With an exchange, he's able to take a million dollars and keep getting five or six percent on that. So, if you think about the five percent, five percent is seven hundred seventy-four thousand dollars is around thirty-five grand, uh, uh, maybe thirty-eight grand, and then five percent a million is is fifty grand. So you know he doesn't pay tax, but he also increases his cash flow nearly fifteen thousand dollars. It's a simple illustration of the concept of a 1031 exchange. Now, let's take a, 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 a later look that if Louis uh, uh, basically had talked to somebody and advi- advisor and tried to do a Delaware Statutory Trust, and he and, and let's look at uh, Louis's different property that Louis had a uh, uh, one to buy something else. So let's just talk about a new example. Um, Keep in mind that these safe harbor rules and these time frames and meeting or exceeding the equity and the debt of their placement property is not in this illustration I'm going to go over. But this, this hypothetical investor, Louie, he found a buyer for his property, and upon closing the sale, the sales proceeds are sent to his QI. Okay, He, he has $1,100,000 on a sale price on his property. The clock begins ticking on that identification and that replacement timeline of 45 days. So Louie does not take possession of any funds at 
closing. So again, sales price. He gets $1.1 million. Now, in this situation, let's just say Louis had debt to pay off of $500,000 as opposed to having it fully paid for. So 45% of his property has debt. And now Louis has equity of $600,000. So Louis um, decides to invest in a multiple owner, Delaware Statutory Trust, private placement offering so that he can forego the management responsibilities of, of having his own property. So he makes the identification through his qualified intermediary uh, before expi- expiration of his 45 days. The offering is a, it's a portfolio of investment-grade retail stores. Let's just say it's uh, Dollar Generals and Payless and, uh, and maybe even Whole Foods or a Steinmart. Um, and at the terms of the private placement, they look like this. If the private placement had equity of thirteen million eight hundred twenty-five thousand that we could get a piece of, the say the debt was thirteen million. So the total offering price would have been twenty-six million dollars for this offering retail space. Um, so the loan to offering ratio is about forty-eight point five percent. So Louis has got to be able to replace his debt that he had forty-five percent on. So in this example. Uh, Louis had $600,000 of investment into total equity of the 13825 which means he got 4.6% ownership of this retail space. So the equity, uh, 600000 or 46 and then the debt that he had to assume was also 46 or 599000 So his total investment in this new 1031 DST would have been $1.2 million or $1,199,000. Now, for purposes of determining the liabilities assumed with respect to these properties in connection with the, in, with the 1031 exchange, the investor is allocated a pro rata percentage of the debt. So, to summarize, he relinquished a property, total investment of $1.1 million, and he did a replacement property for a total investment of $1.2 million, and he took on 49% debt. The investor has now satisfied Louis the safe harbor rules of completing an exchange within his time frame while meeting or exceeding the relinquished property equity and the debt. Now, while our main focus has been to educate our listeners on the 1031 exchange, I also want to remind everyone that you may wish to consider what's called a fractional interest ownership investment in commercial real estate, even if you don't have property to exchange. Because the potential advantages may include a portfolio diversification. It's not correlated to the stock and bond market. Its value is tied to bricks and mortar, which is the foundation of our country. Uh, The potential hedge against inflation. It may generate uh, passive income. Uh, Capital appreciation can be happening on a possible sale. Uh, Potential tax advantages through depreciation and other tax deductions may provide attractive taxable equivalent yields. Now, in the event of a profitable sale... Owners may also explore the possibility of deferring the tax on their capital gain through an IRS Section 1031 exchange. Now, because each investor's tax implications are different, you should consult with your tax advisor if you are a listener looking for a 1031 exchange. Now, let's discuss the concept of passive income and passive losses. First, what exactly are they? Well, passive income. Passive income is the income from a business in which the individual does not regularly and materially participate. Passive loss, 
any loss from a business in which the individual does not regularly regularly and material participate, passive losses can be used to offset only passive income and not wage or portfolio income. So portfolio income is the income from interest, dividends, and other non-investment businesses um, that we see you know, in, in, in our practice, uh, like Western Banks Wealth Partners managing money. Many uh, investors also uh, have extensive portfolios, may, need, may, may be in need of any kind of passive income to offset their passive losses. Uh, our private placement offerings may generate passive income. Uh, income generated, we call PIGS, P-I-G-S. Uh, our private placement offerings also that we use here at Western Banks may generate uh, passive income, but they're also passive losses. Investments in other passive real estate programs with expenses that exceed cash flow will result in passive activity losses, what we call PALS. The only way to get a tax benefit from these passive losses um, prior to the disposition of the real estate is to have passive income. So passive losses are not deductible against any kind of income except passive income. There's no guarantee that our offerings will generate passive income that we talk about in the show or if you call us here at Western Bank's 1031 and the rules uh, regarding the deductibility of passive losses, whether from an investment in an interest or from any other passive activity that potentially could be used to offset income from an investment and an interest, they're very complex and, and vary uh, with the facts and circumstances that each listener uh, might have as an investor. In addition, any income may also be subject to that 3.8% Medicare contributions tax, which was imposed on rent and any other types of investment income for tax years that started last year. Now, potential investors must also, again, I keep telling this, consult with their tax advisors regarding their ability to offset any passive income they have against passive losses. Now, a hypothetical investor has, let's say, $100,000 in passive activity losses. He's looking to carry forward his losses over a 10-year period of time. He is considering an investment which produces 6% in cash flow and has a probable life of 10 years. Now, here is a quick formula that the investor might use to determine the amount of money he would need to invest in order to produce $10,000 of passive income to offset his passive losses. Let's say we have $100,000 of passive activity losses. Okay, we divide that by 10 years. That's the carry forward period. Now, looking to offset that $10,000 in passive activity losses per year. So we have this $10,000 in passive income. We divide that by 6%, which is going to be our hypothetical cash flow. So we get $166,666. So an investment of $166,666 equals $10,000 of tax-free income per year, assuming a continued 6% cash flow. Now, let's go through the example. Uh, when you have a Delaware Statutory Trust, you do not get a K-1 as other uh, LLCs or operatings. You get a 1099 or a 1098 um, at the end of each year to file your tax returns. And um, I have examples that I could talk through the radio, but the numbers wouldn't make sense without looking at it on paper. Um, 
But let's just try to say that uh, you have a $350,000 investment in a shopping center. Um, and let's say there's a lot of income and expenses that the property are shown, as well as the investor's portion, based on their percentage ownership of the property. So for Louis, he had 4%. Um, that's going to be included on the 1099 and the 1098. And it's going to show the, the asset management fee, the total rental income, and it's going to have everything from the common area, the maintenance expenses, um, and they'll even show losses that are on the, on the 1099 and 1098. Um, and there'll be some more recon- reconciliation of working capital reserve and how the funds were used during the year. And you'll see that as deposits from operations, you'll see leasing commissions and tenant improvements all going to be in your 1099 and your 1098. And um, if they have any land improvements or building improvements, those will also be uh, on, on your 1099 and 1098. Um, so we're going to take a, a, another break. And I'll come back and I'll just talk about a different couple of properties. And then we'll basically wrap the show up uh, with, uh, with a quick highlight of what's happening in the market as well as maybe uh, even bring up the IRA enhancer. So stay with us and we'll be back in about three minutes. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
You are listening to Media and Your Money with Jason Steele. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to jason.steele at westonbanks.com. That's jason.steele at westonbanks.com. Now, back to Media and Your Money. Good morning. So um, we're going to wrap our show up. We, uh, if you're just joining us, we've been talking about 1031 exchanges. Um, if you're down there in, in California, Sacramento, L.A., and you're traveling to work, um, we've been doing uh, – there's a lot of real estate exchanges going on over there. Um, and, and when we talk to people out there, CPAs, uh, qualified intermediaries, as well as the business brokers, they just never heard of what's called a DST, a Delaware Statutory Trust. Um, they think they have to relinquish their property, go buy another property, and then manage that property and, and pay taxes on that property and go get a loan for that property, um, get phone calls from that property. Uh, I made a comment uh, earlier about uh, uh, being older. The older generation is, is they want to get out of the management, but they don't want to pay the tax. And so the Delaware Statutory, Delaware Statutory Trust is the way to do that. And we just went through examples of the DST um, and how it works for you and how it can be a benefit to you um, without uh, paying any taxes on your, on your, on your investment property or, or business property. Um, so uh, there are a couple companies out there uh, that, that we represent and we have them go do the work. And one of them is a group called Inland. Uh, Inland is, is uh, they're a very large company. They're probably one of the second or third largest REITs in, in, in the country. And they do about eight hundred uh, million to a billion dollars of ten thirty one DSTs a year, and each month we get programs and, and offerings. And uh, I can't go to the specifics of the show because you might not be a credit investor. But but uh, when you do a program with a DST, one thing I didn't mention is you have to be an accredited investor, and that investor has to have income of at least two hundred thousand dollars in two years, or a net worth of one million dollars to buy into a, a Delaware statutory trust because it that represents that you know the risks that are associated with a private placement. And uh, the, the ones we've done recently, we've bought some apartment complexes in Denver, uh, uh, Colorado. We bought some apartment complexes in Texas, down in Dallas. Uh, we have a great one right now uh, that we're looking at, and, and it's a student housing in St. Louis, um, it's about uh, uh, $31 million student housing. Um, it's got over 500 and something units, and uh, the debt-to-equity ratio is about 50% on that. Um, the yield on that student housing is going to be about 6.3%. We also have an apartment complex, uh, which is brand spanking new, that was, that was built, that Inland picked up, and uh, it's yielding about 5%. Um, and they built it wholesale, which means when they sell it, uh, they'll probably have a big profit in the, uh, on the upside. Um, they'll probably hold their programs for you seven, eight, nine years. They clip the coupons. Again, you don't manage it. You get your payment on the eighth of every month. Um, it's not quarterly. It's not when you get the cash. They pay you every single month. Um, and we've got also some CVS pharmacies. Uh, we call them zero coupon CVSs. They have some you can put money in directly. They have some that you can uh, 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 get, get no income on. But if you have to, if you have a diet, high debt to equity ratio. That 14, 15, 16% yield we get out of the gate just pays down debt. So, therefore, if you put $100,000 in a zero coupon pharmacy at 14%, then, then roughly in, in 10 years, you're going to be getting up uh, f- about $480,000 um, with, with the rapid growth in that program. Um, we also use a group called Noble. 
and um, uh, somewhere at the end of the summer, towards the end of the year, Noble is our is our uh, our gas, uh, natural gas, and oil 1031 exchange program. Uh, there won't be any debt allowed on any of those programs, uh, but it, the cash on cash is pretty pretty high. And America has made a huge stance. If you've not been following the last six years, uh, we have made a huge stance on being energy independent, um, the technology and fracking. Um, it's a great resource to be involved in if you can 1031 into some of these oil and gas partnerships. Um, but you can't have any debt in your current property. And, but, they, but the yields are excessively over 10%. Um, so if you have any questions, we'd love for, to hear from you. Um, you. You basically email me at jason.steele at westonbanks.com. If you want to look more on the 1031 programs, we've launched our site, Weston Banks, W-E-S-T-O-N, Banks, B-A-N-K-S, 10. 31.1031.com. Um, we are hiring. Uh, we'll mention that over the radio waves that if you are looking for a specific job or uh, for placement, we are looking for qualified candidates that can represent the Western Banks 1031 throughout the, the, uh, the United States. Um, so give us a call, send your resume in, uh, talk to us, email us at info at westernbanks.com or jason.steel at westernbanks.com. Love to talk to you. Um, that wraps our show up for today. We thank you. We uh, hope you have a wonderful, sunny, warm, or cool day from where you are. And we look forward to hearing you next week. Again, I'm Jason Steele for Meeting Your Money. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in this week to Media and Your Money. Please join your host, Jason Steele, again next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 